You're listening to the Long Box Crusade Podcast, episode 34, featuring mask number three, cover date, February 1986. fourth episode of the long box crusade i am your host jared albrick the yard sale artist some know me as the death probe now the long box crusade podcast where each episode a random cover month and year is chosen and then an issue is selected from one of the long box crusade crew members comic collection each episode will summarize review and reminisce about the issue ads and events of that time period Joining me for this episode is the founder of the network. He went six whole episodes before he had me on as a guest, and I never left. Pat Sanson, a.k.a. DJ Cristatos. What's up, DJ Cristatos? Oh, not much, Jared. It's been six episodes, and then you were on? Wow. Give or take, I think, probably. Then I've been around for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't have it any other way, Jared. Oh, I'm so happy to. All right, well, let's move on. (laughs) So joining us is That's all I got. I was gonna say something, some wise crack comment, but it seemed like such an emotional moment. I figured I better <laughs> shut up and let it go. <laughs> it ended up just me staring at Pat. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was that moment that they were just staring at each other across the <laughs> internets. Didn't you know that you're my hero? <laughs> okay. So anyway, welcome back to the show, Jason. Do you have a bit before you know we get started? Not a bit, but I have a question. As I was reading through the mask comic. And I knew it was part of the toy line. I didn't know much about the toy line, but I get that all the characters, both heroes and the villains, the main ones have these masks that have some sort of power associated with them. So I came up with a question that I wanted to ask both of you today. If you were to have a death probe mask, Jared, what would that death probe mask do? Okay. What would be the power of that death probe mask? if, If it's called the death probe mask, Mm-hmm. then clearly the mask would probe you to... You know what? Let's, let's just see what Pat's... <laughs> All right, Pat. Your DJ Cristados mask, what does that do? It de-death probes things. Just in case I was going to get <laughs> death probed, I wanted the mask to be able to de-death probe it right away. Okay. Um, gotcha. no, you know, you sure. know, otherwise, I think it might be... might have a little bit of that, and... It might help me do some importing, exporting, oh, uh, some certain know. stuff like that, but no. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Right. And like interrupt police scanners and everything mm-hmm. as you were. Mm. Gotcha. That's not bad. Not bad. And the weasel skull mask? Ah, it's going to obviously attract cats. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Now, I probably should have said this up front. But this here episode that you are listening to, episode 34, is being recorded in front of a live chat audience on a live stream. So every once in a while, we may throw in a comment from somebody who's watching. And I want to give a shout out to the folks who are currently watching as we start the recording. we got Mark Ross, Aaron Moss, Courtney Holland, Albert Elvis, Chola, and The Big Easy are all in the chat already. We appreciate you guys. So if you guys have mask powers, now's the time to let us know. And while you're thinking on that, let's do our usual... Let's find out what everyone's current crusade is in 10 words or less. So, Pat, 10 words or less, what crusade are you on right now? Uh, boy. Juan. Uh, I'm, I'm so used to doing this. Down to like four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, getting Word ready for Easter. All right. Getting ready for Easter. Easter, yeah. We set up the nice mantle, Easter mantle. I put some lights around it. Looking pretty cool. That's more than 10 words. Sorry. It's fine. That's your crusade. That's fine. You know, and did anyone help you put up the decorations? You know what? We all know the answer to that. Which uh, <laughs> is true. Sad, but true. Sad, but true. <laughs> Let's go to my brother Jason the Weasel Skull on his current crusade. Ten words or less. What do you got? Getting ready for the after Easter candy sales. 
man. This could be Jason's last episode. It could be. <laughs> it could be, you know, those Cadbury eggs. You know the ones, the malted little, uh, the malted eggs that they come out with. <laughs> oh, those are so good. And then you got the Reese's chocolate mm-hmm. uh, eggs. Oh, my goodness. Those are so good. So hurry up, Easter. Get done so I can get these after, uh, <laughs> after Easter sales. You got to buy, get like 75% off. Yeah, that's that's all right. That's all right. Uh, I am going to totally abandon the 10 words of last thing as well. But I have promised on the last one or two, I think, of these that I would work on writing installments for my nonfiction James Bond book that I'm working on. And I have been keeping up with that. I have three installments done already. So I just want to let everybody know that that 10 word or less crusade that I threw out, I think two episodes ago is still on target. And that crusade is doing well. Real quick, checking in with our chat. Our friend Aaron Moss says his mass power is doing too many podcasts and falling behind on them. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we know how that can go. So that was a mask power we picked up from our friends in the chat. All right. Now, if you want to be like the people in the chat and be part of our show, you can submit your comments and memories and all that stuff. That'll be read later in the show. All links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes, which can be found at the website, longboxcrusade.com. Please add this podcast to your favorite podcast feed. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Logbox Crusade. We hope you come along with us in the journey to read them all. And like I said, being part of the show, lots of ways you can do that. You can uh, hit us up on any of our social medias at Longbox Crusade. You can email us, contact longboxcrusade.com, or you can even call us at 707-532-5269 and leave a voicemail. Mm-hmm. With all that information, I think it's time that we get started with our issue review. Let's take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. thousand words, 5,000 individual entries, 453 pages, 271 stories covered, 80 original illustrations. It all adds up to one book, the James Bond Lexicon, the unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at bondlexicon. Welcome back from the break. I hope you enjoyed that promo for something that was probably really cool. All right, let's get into it. Today's adventure from the long box is Mask number three, cover dated February 1986. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. So here we go. Mask number three was published by DC. Like I said, cover date February 1986. It's on sale date was October 31st, 1985. Happy Halloween. Its cover price was 75 cents. It was edited by Andrew Helfer, written by Michael L. Fleischer. It's penciled by Mike Chen, inked by Joe Del Bito, lettered by David Cody Weiss, and the colorist is Shelley Iber. Cover credits go to Howard Chaikin. He was Chaikin. Oh, 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 oh. Snapping his finger. Oh, 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 oh. Drawing covers up and down. <laughs> round and round. Mm. Yes, he was chicken. Woo! We provide this for free. I don't know if you guys know that. (laughs) No, man. We're just giving this stuff away. Giving this gold away. I don't get it. We are. We are. Well, it's now time to talk about the cover. So here's your cover. The DC logo is the glorious 80s blue and white bullet logo with the additional banner across the top that says four-part miniseries. The mask logo is orange instead of its more standard yellow from the toy packaging. The main action shows Matt Tracker hanging from the switchblade, which is being piloted by Miles Mayhem, maybe, as played by Joe Pesci? I don't know. Anyway, the Condor and the Thunderhawk are in pursuit as they fly past Big Ben and presumably Parliament. A cover blurb reads, Mayhem over London. And Joe Pesci, I mean, uh, the, the Miles Mayhem sneers, Happy Landings Tracker. Okay, let's talk about this cover. Pat, thoughts on the cover? It's a 
pretty simple cover, you know, for the time period. You want to get your toys on here shown prominently. You have the switchblade back in the back. Uh, you have Nighthawk or the Hawk car, I think that was. Yeah. I, Thunderhawk. Thunderhawk, yeah. I always get say, that say it fun, Pat. Thunderhawk. Yeah. Thunderhawk. Thunderhawk. Um, and then you got my tracker, you know, the, the leader of mass there fighting his arch nemesis. Pretty decent. I like it. And, you know, the, it's the logo that really makes this thing pop. Mm-hmm. I, I concur. I concur with that. Let's see what Jason has to say about the cover of this one. A little Howard shake in action. What do you think, Jason? Well, first off, you know, with Shake and I run kind of hot and cold. Some of the things he does seem really good. And then sometimes it seems like they go to him for some really rushed work. Mm-hmm. And this seems like kind of one of those really rushed work pieces. Number two, second point, I just really don't know a lot about Mask. So the characters on the cover didn't really speak to me. I will say I, it did intrigue me because of the mayhem uh, over London. And then you had Big Ben in the background. I thought that was really cool. And then you had a bunch of like other little flying vehicles back there. So I kind of got the sense, okay, there's going to be some sort of really cool, you know, sky action over over London in here. That might be interesting to check out. And then just wrapping it up with Pat, I thought the mask logo looked pretty cool as well i i kind of dig that big rig up on top of it right there yeah that's kind of cool so <laughs> so even though i didn't know a lot about mass going into it the cover was enough even though it wasn't spectacular it was enough to get me interested in opening up the book i you know big surprise jason i think you and i are seeing eye to eye on this cover you know what it really says to me it says i'm number three of a four issue miniseries <laughs> that's what it really says and they're like oh howard Howard, make a cover real quick. So he did. And uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's got a little bit of energy to it. Have any of you had the... Uh, it sounds like Jason didn't have the toys. Jared, you? Yeah, Pat. You know, I only had a couple. I had the Condor, which is featured in the background mm-hmm. of this one. And I had the Piranha, which was the bad Purple guy purple yeah. motorbike where the sidecar became a submarine, which is also featured in this one. Mm-hmm. But those were the only two. I was much more of a G.I. Joe collector. And they were probably bought for me, you know, for a birthday from some like aunts and uncles or something, you know, it's not something I sought out. I mean, I liked mask a lot, but you know, I was very focused on GI Joe. Okay. Um, I would not say no to mask, but I was saving my money for Joe's. What about you, bud? Oh yeah. I was just like you into Joe's, but I was also into mask. I remember when these came out and trying to get some of them, you'll see in the back behind me, you can see there's the Thunderhawk right here. And then uh, Thunderhawk. The Thunder trucks Hawk. in the back you there. It, you got to say it with enthusiasm, Pat. Thunderhawk. There you go. I enjoyed collecting them best I could. I also enjoyed the cartoon. Did you guys watch the cartoon? I never saw any of the cartoon. I'm thinking it probably picked up uh, popularity about maybe when we were in Germany. Maybe a little sooner, though, because I remember having these before we moved to Germany. But no, I got nothing in the cartoon. Jason, did you ever catch a cartoon? No, I didn't catch a cartoon. Didn't even realize they made a cartoon out of it. Not surprised now that Pat mentions it, but I can't recall ever seeing one. And I certainly didn't have the toys. You know, that was Jared's life. Aunts, uncles, moms, dads, threw toys. <laughs> toys. Toys he toys. didn't even want. As they far just as the threw eye can toys see. at him. Yeah, like here's more toys. And- yeah, yeah. For me, I got responsibilities. <laughs> Jason had a, a stick and a hoop, you know, mm-hmm. you pushed down the road. What about the cartoon, Pat? Were you into it? I was into it. Uh, that would be one of the, you'd come home from school. Uh, after school and then run home to watch that cartoon or at least i would i just the concept of it was really cool to me but we can get into that after we we get into the story that sounds good and from our live chat audience it looks like the only person that was really into the mask toys was big easy and uh, he's always welcome in the chat he said it was one of the best intro theme songs for cartoons in the 80s so i'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna have to go back to listen to that my, he said my, my mask Oh, <laughs> Dang it. my mask. You know, I, we might, we just might drop a mask old school audio from the commercial. I don't know. Maybe right here. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Convert switchblade to jet mode. Surprise, Matt Tracker. It's mayhem. Battle station. Protect the decoder, Bruce. I'm going up. Stacks, ready to fire. Mask, switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino. Fire! Each sold separately with action figure. Cover me, Matt. 
10-4. Shadow's getting away! But you're not, Mayhem. Mask, Switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino, each sold separately, new from Kenner. Big Easy goes on to say he was crazy for mask toys for about one year. They were awesome and cheap on your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, I bet they, you know, I don't remember what they cost, but I bet they were more affordable than like a Transformers toy. Everything was more affordable <laughs> than a Transformer. Stock options. You could have got <laughs> stock options for Transformers. Yeah, they, they weren't as bad. Um, you know, even like the Condor was in a bad price. It was in a decent price range. Gotcha. You could con your parents into when you went to the store. That's why they call it the Condor. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Good one, Jared. Good one. Okay, uh, let's go on and talk a little bit more about the art in the book. Okay, we've talked about the cover. Let's go into those interior art that was done by Mike Chin and Joe Del Bito. Were these pseudonyms? I don't know. They say, <laughs> you know, like made up names a little bit, don't they? <laughs> yeah. especially Joe Del Bito. Yeah, wait a minute. You know, remember how we learned like Marvel people under Marvel <laughs> contract would use fake names to go work at DC? That's yeah, maybe this was what Wolfman, wasn't it? <laughs> we may have that going on. But let's talk about the interior art for a bit. And Jason, give us your thoughts. You know, I thought it was actually pretty good. There isn't really like one big standout splash page, but the book has a lot of different characters. It's got a lot of different vehicles. It's got different settings. We've got fights taking place up on the roof of Parliament, I believe it was. We've got a, a at the beginning a big escape from an underground trap. We've got a battle that takes place underwater. So I got to give the penciler, the well, the whole artistic team credit for really rendering a bunch of action with a bunch of different environments, a lot of different elements that they have to draw, and doing it rather well. So I, I thought it was surprisingly pretty good. Interesting, interesting, and I also agree. Pat, thoughts on the interior art of the book? I thought it was serviceable. I think it mirrored well of the cartoon, and that's what I think they were kind of really going for here, uh, was to give another medium for the cartoon to be into another way to you know sell that toy that you could get into. And so I, I think it was done very well. There's not a lot of, some of the backgrounds aren't as sparse as you would think it is. There's some stuff in the Mm -hmm. backgrounds Mm -hmm. that you can see. And I think the coloring was good too. There was one part that I saw, they colored the two vehicles differently at one point, but that's okay. I knew which vehicle it was, but they had the two different colors. So, you know, if this was kind of pushed out in a quick way, I think they did a very good job on it. I, I agree. I, I have nothing much to add other than I was surprised, which I think that Jason mentioned as well, at how good it was for a toy book. You know, sometimes you're like, eh, they're trying to sell mask toys, you know, so they're, you know, you look at the the cover again, it's Howard Chaykin. It's it's not great. It's not terrible. You're just like, eh, you know, get it on the shelves, sell the toys. But when I got the interior, I was like, man. And like you said, Pat, background work, they weren't mailing it in. They did a good solid run on that. All right, sir. We will get into the meat of the story itself in a minute, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and wrap up all the art talk on this one. Jason, I'm looking to start with you with our question that we do on Longbox Crusade. If you could have one page of art, original art from this book, which one are you going to take? Well, again, there's a lot of good panels or a lot of good pages in here. Not one big standout splash page, so to speak. Actually, uh, <laughs> Is kind of a splash page, the one I'm going to take, because it's the one where the car goes into the water <laughs> on page 20. <laughs> splash page. It's a splash page. Yeah, get it? At any rate, I thought it was pretty cool how they laid it out. It kind of reminded me of Spy Who Loved Me a little bit, you know, kind yes. of a little bit of a James Bond vibe to it. It was a good action sequence underwater. And I really like on this page how... And I forget the name of the car, the one that the lady's driving, it turns into the submarine. They do that thing where the car's jumping out of the panel at you. I thought that was neat. So I think I'll settle on that one. Page 20 for me. Not bad at all. All right, Pat, what do you think? What page are you digging? I like this one where it's yep, got that's the same one I picked. Thunderhawk. And there's some, it's a good action one um, where the Thunderhawk is getting hit and then Matt jumps out he jumps out and then he gets a hold somehow of the chopper you know landing gear that he can get onto 
I thought it was a pretty good one. I like that one. But there's a lot, just toy placement in here that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, that was going to be my runner-up, yeah. That's page 18. That's the same one I was going to pick. So, yep, we are all in agreement. Well, Pat and I are in agreement. And Jason, I totally felt the Spy Who Loved Me vibe on that other one. <laughs> all right, we've gone the ins, we've gone the outs, and the art category. Let's get to the story. And the story synopsis is brought to you by... Me again. So <laughs> here we go. title of this episode is the family jewels does anybody want to giggle at all i see jason there you go get the giggles <laughs> okay you have to assume that last issue had a cliffhanger of our mask heroes being trapped inside of an egyptian tube by venom more specifically by nash gory but a little teamwork goes a long way in our heroes escape but they haven't yet figured out that their government controller Dwayne kennedy has been replaced by a venom agent Speaking of which, Venom has a caper going on in England where they're attempting to recreate Guy Fawkes Day and blow up Parliament. Scotland Yard reluctantly teams up with Mask and their combined forces discover that the Parliament threat is just a diversion. The real goal is the theft of the crown jewels. But while Mask is away saving those jewels, Venom's Nash Gory is making a play for Mask's Boulder Hill headquarters. And that is what we have going on in the story. I want to go to our chat and lead off with a question that was asked by Auburn Elvis. He said, was the story just to sell toys or was there a sincere desire to tell the mask mythology and give kids something to imagine while playing with the toys? My thought on that reading just three of four is both. (laughs) I feel like Pat mentioned earlier, they crammed a lot of toys in here and a lot of story. I can't help but make comparisons between this and G.I. Joe. I feel like I was going to say the same thing. You know what? Go ahead and say, Jason. I've been talking for a while. What are your thoughts? What really hit me home was when they were getting briefed up on the mission about going to London. And then they put it into the computer to decide which is the ideal team to Mm -hmm. assemble. And I really got the G.I. Joe vibe from that. It's like, okay, here we're going to get different characters. So I think this was an opportunity to both tell a story and to highlight the vehicles and the action figures and promote them, hoping kids that read them would want to go get those toys and and action figure sets. My only comment, couldn't quite figure out what made that team ideal for that situation. In G.I. Joe, they're, okay, we're going to fight in the desert, so we're going to get like Dusty and stalker and folks that have desert training survival this one was like we're gonna go to london Uh, who here really enjoys bland food (laughs) okay (laughs) there's there's three of us we're ready to go i don't know why they need an architect i really don't but (laughs) well we've had some thoughts on it in the chat most people in the chat agree that this was just here to sell toys uh although most people have said kind of what we've said you know they kind of gave it a gi joe effort but Larry Hama had a bit more of a knack, I think, for developing his characters in the story. Although this wasn't bad. I, I still put this under surprisingly good. I mm. I, I thought it was going to be yeah. very much a toy vehicle, no pun intended. Pat, your thoughts on that whole situation? I think, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's a one in four. It's meant to sell the toys, teach kids how to play with it. They're not watching the cartoons or just give you some other stories going on. This did get another series after this. I believe it went 15 issues above and beyond the four. That's a good Um, sign. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a G.I. Joe team, but with some sweet vehicles that they could do different things with the vehicles. 
and also, you know, with their helmets, they would have fun with the helmets. That was something I did not know. Like, even though I had the toys as a kid, Mm -hmm. I guess because I didn't watch the cartoon, I didn't read the comic. I had no no idea there was helmet abilities. I just thought Mm -hmm. it was all vehicle based. That was new to me. Same with me. I didn't know that either till I read this. That's really the coolest. I always thought was, you know, you're a kid and you see this, the command center, the Boulder gas station that turns into the, the mass command center. And in the cartoon, they didn't show it here. In the cartoon, they all sit around this like round table. The masks come down and they go on their heads like that. There's just, it's like this. I was just going to ask for that yeah. sound effect one more time. I figured you would. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool. Then from there, they get their masks and now they go up to the vehicles and then it becomes a, a battle between vehicles and, you know, their special weapons and their helmets. Hmm. How much is gas at Boulder Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> I got to find something that's cheaper. Than well, back in the eight, you know, it wasn't that bad, but. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the only other thing I'll, I'll say before we pass around and get some thoughts on the specific story is, you know, once again, these days, there's a lot of talk, you know, a lot of talk about diversity in comics. We've talked about how G.I. Joe you know, may be one of the oldest books to have some really, really good baked in diversity. I was surprised we found it in Mask as well. Mm-hmm. And starting off their team, they had a white guy, an African-American guy, an Asian guy, and a guy who was clearly a former porn star. So they covered <laughs> all of the Look at that hair and mustache. That's a lot of that's a lot of gel going into those curls right there. The curl. I was like, is that Burt Reynolds? Is that like 70s Burt Reynolds? <laughs> you guys, I've been cooking that joke for two days, so I just want to get that right. But seriously, it is a diverse team. And then on their England team, they brought uh female, and so there was a lot of diversity, you know. Like again, people say, Oh, you know, need it's happening here in the 80s, much like in G.I. Joe. And I thought, oh, that's interesting and notable. Well, I think, too, they are probably, again, trying to market the toys to as many people, as many demographics as possible. Makes uh, sense. To say, you know, hey, girls can also play with masks because we've got girls on this team, too. And they have really cool vehicles. Again, I think it's a little column A, a little column B. It's telling a good story. you got a wide, diverse cast, and it's helping to reach out to a wider audience to sell toys. Yeah, makes sense. With that, let's get into the actual nuts and bolts of the story. And Pat, we'll let you go first this time. What'd you think of the story? What were some of your uh, favorite things, not so favorite things? Run out the mouth about the story for a bit, Pat. Well, we're, we're kind of placed into part three of, of a four-issue story. So I wasn't sure what to expect out of it because it's been a long time since I've read these. I got them when I was a kid at the time they came out. And so I don't think I went back and read them, but it was something on my list to get to. And I'm glad we did. And I definitely want to read the continuing series after this, just to see how much more they delve into the universe. Because as a kid, I always found this universe kind of fascinating and with action, with the vehicles. And the helmet was just another way to enhance it a little bit, giving them that special power even though they're not superheroes they did sort of have some sort of a a superpower in this and each one is unique in order to help out different situations i want to Uh, test your memory real quick pat because i just hmm. saw in the chat our friend big easy said the communicator watches in the cartoon were cool as well now we didn't see communicator watches in this comic that i remember do you remember these communicator watchers? Can you speak to that? Or is that something only Big Easy can know? Yeah, I, you know, it's, again, it's been quite a while since I've watched this. I know that there's probably, I think, on 2B, maybe it's out there that you can watch the series. Oh. Possibly out there. If I'm, I could be wrong at the time, but if, if I, I am somebody, let us know where you can watch these again and stream it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I can't these, remember. These communicator watch. Anyway, I'm yeah. sorry, I, I derailed you. Go go on with your thoughts on the story. As a kid, you know, just just another way to enhance the toys and and, and the fun that you had with these things. Uh, you know, it made me buy the vehicles. I mean, I still got these things, and I love them because I remember just going outside and playing with them. I mean, here's this one that's featured in the comic that we're having. Nobody likes to show off that. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was that a good? Was that a Mask or a Venom vehicle? That was a mask vehicle. It was okay. the one that was in here. Okay, so it's a black, looks like a Corvette-ish type vehicle. Yep. What's it transform into? Uh, it goes into a the, jet? watch this, watch this action. 
What? What? The what? <laughs> I'll do it again. What? Oh, he's a witch. Burn him. <laughs> <laughs> but and so that was kind of the cool part is with through the story you got to see the vehicles and how to play with them and the fun things that you could do with them. And this just kind of reminds me of sort of the the cartoon where you know it's a I don't want to say one and done story. There's something going on with this, and we find that out through the guy that was planted. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I have my beginning. most questions. Dwayne okay. Kennedy. I think he's actually a Venom guy to begin mm, with throughout mm. the toy series because you can get that sweet truck. I can't remember what that thing turns into, though, but it was, I think it was pretty sweet. Then you have the, I don't know, their boss or somebody, that guy, how he's kind of tricking the team or part of the Venom as well, too. So interesting story. I thought the caper of what they're trying to do, somewhat interesting, but I think it's just a, a good way to, play with the toys i see i see i did get a little follow-up from big easy said the uh when it comes to those watches the characters would be doing normal life things their watches would sound off and they'd go back to boulder hill headquarters to get their missions all right and another follow-up from our friend aaron says that he believes yes it is available on tubi over to the weasel skull jason what do you think about the story kind of like that i was a little bit confused we're getting dropped into act three of a four act play here. And it took a little bit for me to kind of figure out who's who and what's what. But once it got going, there was a lot of action. It was very entertaining. But once it, once I got into it, it was kind of a it was kind of a nice little page turner. It did remind me of a bit of a Saturday morning cartoon. Pretty basic elements to the story, but but it was fun. It was a nice, easy, brisk read. Yeah, I would agree. Things that jumped out at me were clearly, well, I don't know about clearly, because we only have one issue, but it, like I said, at the beginning, it looked like they were trapped in someplace Egyptian, mm-hmm. and then now we're in uh, London. I feel like they're doing a lot of location changes yeah, uh, here. Yeah. Hopping around. They did that in the cartoon. They hopped around to different okay. areas. Well, again, it's, I think that's kind of uh, sort of cool and inclusive and James Bondy, and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. And like we said before, really, to me, as I read this, you know, I agree with Jason, sort of surface level, Saturday morning cartoon, solving the crime and the caper. The long-term seed that they plan is that whole Dwayne Kennedy, like the guy, he's like their government contact, and he's actually been kidnapped and replaced by some Venom guy, and they don't know that. So I could see where that would lead to uh, to more. So between, that's enough to keep me going, that, and I again, I'm really impressed with the art team on this, so... Yeah. Much like you, Pat, I'd be willing to continue on this. Is you know, this is mm-hmm. something I grabbed out of a quarter bin somewhere. Sure. Because when I was a kid, I passed on toy properties and movie properties a lot sure. in comics. Unless it mm-hmm. was G.I. Joe, I was like, whatever. Because my always my theory was if I have a cartoon, then why do I need a comic? Or if I have a TV show, or if I have a movie, then why do I need this? Right. Now I'm going back in my older ages and discovering this really good stuff in here. Yeah, definitely. And I think. The cover to issue three is really cool, too. When we went through that explanation and I read the book, I remember the cover to issue three where it's got, you know, mats on it again, too. But you got the pharaoh kind of. Egyptian oh, you mean, you mean issue two? It. You're talking issue two. Oh, yeah. Issue two. Three. I'm sorry. This is issue three. Yep. But it's one that stands out to my mind now. I can just picture it in my head, that cover from where they left off in the story. So. Yeah. It really did feel like they, they put a lot of stuff that we just loved from the 80s into mm-hmm. one property. There's a bit of a G.I. Joe feeling. There's a bit of a Transformers vibe to it. And there's a bit of, like, Knight Rider. And, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, okay. and you can see, some, like we said, some influence from the James Bond properties. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Q was going to put together a superhero team, this is the kind of stuff he would outfit them with right here. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. All right. Any final thoughts on the story, gentlemen? Interested, again, to see where it ends, and I would be interested in getting the additional comics. I think I have some of them. I don't have the full run of it. If it was something I'd find in the back bins, I would definitely kind of pull it out. Uh, And with this, you know what, to have 15 and the four, you'd get that nicely bounded. Mm, I know somebody's good for that. Yeah, definitely. That's Uh, a total of 20. 19 issues. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. That's almost 20. That's almost 20. <laughs> Long box math, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, just the, the lasting of this property that's out there. You know, they've tried to revamp it already recently. Not in the cartoons, but I think that would be cool to see. Yeah, I've seen it kind of pop up in more modern comics from time to time. It seems like it's something that they, you know, there's a lot of Asian nostalgia there. You know what? Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the last question of this segment. And we've kind of already gotten into this, but the question says, does this bring back memories for you? And we've kind of weighed in on that a little bit already, but maybe a final thought on memories that the mask comic may bring back for you. And we'll start with Jason. The memory is probably watching me play with my mask. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, (laughs) you looked like you were having fun. (laughs) No, I think, you know, like like I said, I think we touched on it throughout this discussion. It really just kind of reminded me a lot of just those elements of things that we enjoyed in the 80s. Those kind of simple good versus evil cartoons. There was definitely some kind of Knight Rider elements in there where you have Mm -hmm. the rolling uh, headquarters there, the semi-rig, and you got some Transformers-type influences with the the changing of the vehicles and the mountain headquarters. Got some G.I. Joe in there. It's all mashed up. You just kind of need the right creative team on this to make it relevant today, and it would make a good, entertaining story. So I'll wrap it up there. I concur wholeheartedly with what you had to say. And before I pass it to Pat, who clearly going to get more wistful than the rest of us on the Springs back, uh, I want to chime in one more time from the chat with our friend Big Easy once again, who theorizes that Mask would have went on for years if they hadn't changed up the concept to a racing theme and just kept it sort of a top secret A-team mission format. I didn't realize it went to a racing theme. Like, this is the only iteration of Mask I know, so that's very informative to me. And Maybe some of our listeners. Pat, you want to wrap that into your final thoughts on Mask and the memories you have? Yeah, that does bring that up, Big Easy. That's a good observation that I think later on in the cartoon series, that's what they did and turned it into that. So Racing team, huh? Racing, yeah. So it was, you know, Mask against Venom and they would race. You know, I kind of dropped out of it after that point because I liked it for the the secret team, you know, that was when they were called to come and help. Basically, you're calling G.I. Joe or you're calling that special missions to come and take care of things for you because it's out of control. And you need these bad guys who got all the same kind of vehicles that they need to, you know, fight against and go against. Um, Nostalgically, yeah, it's a toys that I remember. And again, you know, these toys is pretty simple. Good price points on these. You know, they're not that big. It's not like maybe they're half or less than half size of a Joe at the time. So you could get these. At a pretty decent price. I got a a sack full of, uh, you know, different guys here. Um, I love playing with them. And the thing that comes to mind is when I was a kid and these were out, I would spend the summer at my aunt's and uncle's, which was about a ways away. And so I would spend maybe two weeks down there. And I remember they would buy me a toy. And that's when we went to one of the department stores at the time. And I was able to get the condor. So I remember having the condor and playing around the house, but also going outside with that in the backyard of their their area and just having lots of fun, you know, a nice summer day playing outside with this vehicle that would fly around and do all kinds of things like that. Fun times. Good times indeed, sir. I just remember having those two that I had and playing with them and thinking they were pretty cool, but uh, I'm saving my nickels and dimes for Joe's. <laughs> that's my that's my. <laughs> And our friend Aaron chimes in and said these were two-inch figures. Oh, okay. Okay, I did not know that. I thought they were slightly larger than that, but, you know, there's a joke in there somewhere. The pieces are there for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been been holding back on that. uh, (laughs) You've been good on this episode. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. If you got a comment or question, as a reminder, you can send us an email, contact at longboxcrusade.com. Or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube pages. And you can always leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the And we will be right back. The 
the Film and Water Podcast, a weekly show about movies old and new, hosted by obsessive movie nerd Rob Kelly and a rotating series of special guests. From sci-fi to horror, dramas to family films, comedies to adventure epics, we watch it all. The Film and Water Podcast is part of the Fire and Water family of podcasts, available weekly at fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Welcome back from the break. Let's continue the show. Now it's time to scan through the featured issue of Mask Number 3 for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Up. Add It Up. Okay, so here's the ads that stand out to us in this issue. Well, we will start with... Hey, let's go to the Weasel Skull. What's your favorite ad? I'm going to go with the DC role-playing game. I thought that the DC role-playing game was i only played it a couple times it was pretty fun i was much more into the marvel role-playing game but it just kind of took me back to again 80s we did a lot of dungeons and dragons we did a lot of marvel superheroes role-playing game i did some star wars role-playing just role-playing games were just all the rage back then so yeah dc heroes role-playing game that's my pick oh it sounds good yeah we play a great lot of marvel. art on that advertising cover too yeah was that mm-hmm. perez on the ad it sure looked like it think it is. Could be wrong. Anyways, it's good looking art. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, would be something I wish I would have played back then. Our friend Aaron Moss chimes in with the chat and says he had the role-playing game and he loved it. Bet it was. Jason and I played a lot of mostly Marvel, some James Bond. Like said, some, some Indiana Jones. Some Indiana Jones, some D&Ds. No, speaking of which, Pat, what is your ad for the book? You know, since we're in this time frame of the 80s, I am going to go with another cartoon favorite that's around this time and is something that I didn't have this particular one, but I had the vehicles of it, and that's Voltron, the Voltron Force. This is the Lions one that I like. I like this cartoon as well. would race home to make sure we get to be able to watch this cartoon. I've always wanted the whole, you know, the whole Voltron cats put together like that so you know crusade miss is coming (laughs) oh he's starting early (laughs) (laughs) i remember having the the vehicles is what i had so it was pretty interesting they were like i can't remember how many they were maybe 20 or so vehicles that would combine together to make the vehicle voltron oh i haven't seen that i only know about the cats one yeah check out the vehicles one there's one that's trains did i make that up or is there one that's trains it's where there was Eh, who knows I'll tell you what, though, I was a yard sale in my neighborhood when I lived in San Antonio and like two streets over this dude had a yard sale and he had the the metal cats Voltron, like the whole thing from this era. And he was like, oh, I want uh," I think he said he wanted twenty five dollars for it. And I was like, that's kind of high for a yard sale. (laughs) I went home and I pulled up and looked at what it was getting on eBay and I got right back in my car and drove right back over his house and gave him twenty five bucks with a smile on my face. I'll bet that was going for a bit of uh, a bit of scratch. There. Yeah, I, I want to say it triple, was, double. I think it was selling for two hundred dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went back and got that sucker and, ran and resold it. And in the chat, Big Easy says he had the diecast metal Voltron. Always mm-hmm. wanted the Panache Place one that the figures could fit in them. See, I don't know a lot about Voltron. Oh, yeah. I noticed this one is Panache is on the ad you select. Yeah, I think they were kind of like figures because you can kind of see like. Lance. Yeah, what's weird about the ad for those of you who are listening and not watching is it's all hand drawn. Like there's no pictures of toys. It's just hand drawn stuff. Really cool. It's really cool art. It really is. Jarrett, what's your choice? Ah, Pat, I'm glad you asked. On the inside of the back cover, there's an ad for the DC Superpowers action figure line. I was a huge fan. I am a huge fan. In fact, as I look at the DC Powers action figure line, they feature Hawkman, Joker, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman, Penguin, Superman, Lex Luthor, Flash, Brainiac, Green Lantern, and Robin in this ad. And I own each and every one of those with the exception of Brainiac. And I have some that aren't pictured. So I must have some from like Wave 2 or something. My favorite one that I have is, uh, I think he was mail away only. You could get Clark Kent. He is in my collection as well, which was also oh, cool. a yard sale snag. I think I bought them all at the same yard sale, like a whole bucket of these things. And the guy took good care of them too, Pat. They had all the accessories. They had the little, you know, had like the little comic 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, came with it. Oh, you know? I forgot about those comics. They had the yeah. little mini uh, comic. Like, oh, it was a cool find. But yeah, I'm definitely going with those super powers. Those are cool. You remember those? Like, you usually they have some kind of an action. Like, you squeeze the legs and Hawkman's wings will flap. Yeah. Or you squeeze Superman's hips and no punch. I think I got the the Green Lantern. Yep, you do. That's the GL from that series. That's cool. Yeah, DC had those superpowers about the same time Marvel was doing the Secret Wars ones, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, it was that about time? that time. Yeah, Secret Wars figures were like 84, 85. And then here, yeah, 85 for this uh, comic came out in October 85. And those are both really cool sets of action figures. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jason and I had a lot of the Secret Wars ones. I only had a couple superpowers when I was a kid. You know, people just giving me toys. You know how it is. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> when I found that score at the yard sale, that, that yard sale was back in about 2002. I'm just gonna get a brainiac just because, just to just to rub it in, just so I can have one toy, just one toy that you you don't have. <laughs> I want a brainiac, brainiac. I got the brainiac. <laughs> All right, one more story about those. As I, you know, I'm always looking for them at yard sales and stuff. I was at a flea market, which had a basically a bunch of yard sales out in a parking lot, mm-hmm. and I was with my friend Jeannie, and she found the Robin was on someone's table. And she broke yard sale etiquette by not just kind of coming over to me like, hey, that guy's got a superpowers Robin from the 80s. She yells at me from across the thing. Hey, they've got the Robin one from the 80s. <laughs> I think he's he's hard to find and he's rare. Did you want did you want him? <laughs> like, Come on now. don't. That's not how you negotiate parking. You have to act like you're mildly interested in this item. Not, you know, and of course, I was like, yes, I want him. And I asked, yeah, I didn't want much. He was like, four bucks but i could tell that look in his eye he wasn't gonna back down now because he knew i wanted that thing this has been jared's yard sale stories podcast number 27 never yard sale with friends <laughs> never yeah never <laughs> <laughs> all right so those are our favorite ads in the book you know how to get a hold of us with our emails and our social medias and our phone numbers and with that let's get back into our third segment called Way back in time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? February 1986. Got it. All right, let's go around the horn and pick some news stories that were happening in February of 1986. We'll start with Pat. All right, well, I'll start off from February 3rd. Pixar Animated Studios, perhaps you've heard of them, such as Toy Story. The Incredibles, and so, so much more. Headed by Edwin Ketmull, I may be butchering that name, but, and Elva Ray Smith is spun off from Lucasfilms as an independent film production company with backing by Steve Jobs. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That was this early on. That Yeah, 1995, and I guess they really make their big hit with what, Toy Story? Like 90? Toy Story is what came out, yeah. Three, four-ish is what I want to say. So, yeah. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Jason, what new story are you going to pick for February of 86? I'm going to go down. I'll just pick this next one because I remember this and Spud Webb being all the talk when on February 8th, five foot seven Spud Webb of the Atlanta Hawks wins the NBA slam dunk competition. Oh, man. He was just phenomenal to watch. It's, you just had to be there. I'll just leave it. Just <laughs> to see to that little there. man get that yeah. up. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's like defying the laws of gravity. And I will come in at February 19th. The USSR launches the Mir space station into Earth orbit. I think pieces of that are still raining down on us. <laughs> oh, man. But the Mir space station goes into orbit in February 1986. Pat, why don't you give us a bonus one to read that last one? All right. Well, on February 25th, the 28th Grammy Awards, we have winners such as We Are the World. We Are the World. We Are the Children. We Are the Children. We're the ones that make can make a brighter place. So, so are given. Start giving. <laughs> it's a Dead choice you People dying. <laughs> When it's time to lend a hand, come on, people. Uh, Hit that like and subscribe whenever you can. <laughs> we're going to bastardize We Are the World for our show. That's yeah, what we're I regret this. Now. <laughs> uh, but I'm, not, I'm not above it. You also have Sade, Sade right? Sade. Sade. See, I'm bad at names. Sade. 
another good one. Smooth Along with Phil Collins, all winners from the 28th Grammy Awards. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Good times. Well, with that, let's get into the top movies of February 1986. Pat, what's the number three movie? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. The number three movie is called Wildcats. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn, yeah. She's a quarterback or a football team, right? Yeah, Duran Duran sang the theme song. They're like, Wildcats. Never lose. Wow, cats. Something like Never that. Chose <laughs> we are off the rail. Okay. Uh, but that made 26 million? Apparently. I had to look at them like 26 million. Holy cow. That's Not pretty shit. I've seen no. Wildcats. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's Football. been a long time since I've seen it. Football. I remember. Like, that was I think the... There was a very young Wesley Snipes in Wildcats. I think, I think you're right. I think there was. Played one of the football players. Or the kids in the school. and I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I will reveal the number two movie and save number one for Jason. The number two movie is Hannah and Her Sisters, which made over $40 million. I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. Got nothing on it. Me neither. News to me. Got nothing. Jason, what's number one? Well, number one, isn't she pretty in pink? It was a romantic comedy that raked in $40 million plus dollars. Pretty in pink. John Hughes film. Mm-hmm. Can't say that I've seen it. I might have. <laughs> this looks like a good date for women-inspired films in the '80s. Here, oh yeah, yeah. there's a lot of female-led movies. Mm-hmm. All top three, yeah, yeah, all done good. I, I think I've seen Pretty in Pink, but uh, it's not like I can sit here and quote it to you. I've seen. Isn't that? Well, it's it just guess Molly Ringwald. It's, it's got to yeah, be. Yeah, it's the one with the <laughs> low deck dong in it. The, the no, yeah, that's, uh, that's the other one. Is that Ducky? That's no, Ducky that's... is the. Yeah. Ducky's in this one. Or is yeah. he 16 Candles? No, <laughs> I, 16, I get them mixed 16 up. Candles is 16 Candles. 16 Candles has yeah. got long duck. Long duck dong. Yeah. Married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, married. Oh, <laughs> uh, we are lost as usual. Uh, uh, <laughs> lost as last year's Easter eggs, as you would say. <laughs> well, let's get back and let's talk about music from 1986. So when this mask was on the spinner rack over the uh, speakers at the store you're shopping in, you might have heard some hits. Top three songs, according to Billboard at this time, were... Jason, what's number three? I'm Your Man by Wham. This is Michael and the... That's right. <laughs> I do like... Uh, you know, I'm a George Michael fan. I like I'm Your Man by uh, mm-hmm. Wham. I like to pronounce the H, by the way. Wham. Wham. <laughs> Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> Coming in at number two is The Burning Heart by Survivor. That tells me Rocky Four was right around this era. <laughs> I do love me some Burning Heart. You can't go wrong. So, yeah, that's your number two song, Survivor's Burning Heart. Pat, what was number one? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Coming in at number one was That's What Friends Are For by Dionne Warwick and Friends. So, I think it's a good song because, you know, that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Is friends. We keep smiling. Bad times. Mm-hmm. We keep shining. Yep. Shining. You can always count on me. Oh, yeah. This is free, people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add a word to our script here. Uh, that mercifully brings us to the end of this part of the show. <laughs> As usual, you can email us, contact at longboxcrusade.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all Longbox Crusade. If you want to comment on these movies, news stories, music, our musical abilities, <laughs> go ahead and drop us a comment. And with that, we will be right back. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen. And I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. Welcome back from the break. 
Now let's get into the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, shares, and things like that in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shoutouts to our Crusader Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined the crusade. They enjoy early access to special Longbox episodes, voting uh, to help determine show content, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow! Auburn Elvis. Bill Bear. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Gary Viola. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason Key. Who really isn't Jason now that I know it. Eh, we still have. Probably not. Jeremy L. Jim. Jarman, Jim, Jarman, Jim, Jarman, Jim, Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman, too. If you don't like Jim, maybe you might like Joe Thomas. Or John Watson. Or Josh Strickland. Perhaps Candace Ward? Mark Ross, a.k.a. Cluck Trent. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. The MVP, Captivating Kathy Bright. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. If we missed anybody in our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get you added soon and get it all straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get all the access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. And I mean... Jason. Well, you wouldn't know, but I wouldn't. You got to tell me how much access would I get with this amazing deal? <laughs> Let me tell you when other people besides you become a Patreon member, they get like all the access. I'm talking all the access. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much access. It's, you got access here. You got access there. You got access to the left. You got access to the right. Up, down, sit down, and just so much all around you. It's like we got TNA things in the access. Uh, yeah, tacos <laughs> and avocados. Yep. Tacos, and av- avocados. tacos and avocados. All the tacos and avocado dip you want. It, it, gotcha. It's, yeah. it's part of the access. Yep, it's part of the access. You get it all. But you know what? If you you, you don't want all the access, still no worries. You can just come and, uh, you know, got no extra scratch laying around or you just want to help us out. Go ahead and go put a review in for us, you know, on iTunes or Google Plays or wherever you're listening to this you know that would help us out a lot definitely we it's been a while since we've had some so let's go ahead and, and get that pumped up <laughs> uh so just head on over to lbc headquarters to help us out with that please take a moment to write a review on itunes as i just talked about even if it's just a star rating it would greatly help the algorithm of the show so with that let's go and get into some like shares, retweets, and an iTunes review that we do have. Well, good news, Pat. We have a five-star iTunes review from Super Beach Bum. This review is titled Comic Shop Talk Perfected. Hmm. Says he loves it. Transformers, G.I. Joe, New Warriors, and more. These guys talk about any and everything remotely related to the topic at hand, (laughs) which we proved today. And I love it. Plenty of earworms and ridiculous running jokes from a group of friends with a noble purpose of reading comics. A great review that is us yeah, i got a question though jared mm. are we sure that it's super beach bum and not superb each bum mm. Mm. <laughs> we'll look into it <laughs> <laughs> all right well with that let's go ahead and get into the social media like shares and retweets but oh what what, what? <laughs> am i reading this right what's wrong well, well, Pat, I got good news for you. Oh, you it may do. look wrong because we may not have any in there, but we haven't released the last episode of this of this show yet, so we don't have shares, comments, and retweets to talk about yet. We'll have to catch up with them on another episode, mm-hmm. so we can make make stuff up. 
Yeah. Oh, here's one yeah. from Easy Rider 42. He says, Weasel Skull is the talent of this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he carries the show each time. Love Weasel Skull. Five stars. Here's one that says, Death Probe should be showered with all the toys he could ever want. Love, Mom and Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I and I'm going to. It's real. <laughs> I, I'm going to. I'm going to take one from our live studio audience. And Courtney says, I had Brussels sprouts, baked chicken, and a baked potato. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds yummy. That is a healthy uh, dinner. I think uh, you should be proud of yourself there, Mm -hmm. uh, Courtney, and uh, continue on with those good dieting habits. I'm still going to be getting those uh, Cadbury eggs. Jason, like on Rocky, when he like cracks the eggs, you know, for breakfast, yeah. Jason's doing it with Cadbury eggs, <laughs> cracking Cadbury eggs, throw it in a blender, mix it up. Ah, <laughs> delicious. Chocolate milk. Get them Ovaltine. Got one more comment here that says Delvin is the best member of the team. He's handsome, clever, he speaks well, and he's got a lot of knowledge. Signed, the Wark Deb. The Wark Deb. Sounds made up. The Wark Deb. Hmm. Mm. Signed Nibbled. <laughs> it's all very suspicious. Nibbled. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Enough of those shenanigans. You know what? If you want to be part of it, leave us comments, questions that we, we seriously will get to on a, <laughs> a later episode. You know what to do. Longbox Crusade, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Contact at longboxcrusade.com, YouTube. And of course, 707-532-5269. Leave us a voicemail. We might play it on the show. And be sure to check out our website, which is longboxcrusade.com, where posts will be made for journaling the show. I want to thank me, me, and only me for being on this episode. And also Jason and Pat. Before we go, where can listeners find us on the internet, Pat? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the internet at Christatos01. Jason? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Bring us home, Jared. You can find me at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. We recorded this episode in front of a live studio audience via the YouTubes. If you want to get down with that, it is almost always the second Sunday of every month at 3.30. Sometimes we move it if there's a holiday, like I think Mother's Day might be coming up. And if it's a second Sunday, we'll, anyway, just keep uh, tabs on our social medias. We'll tell you when to find us. But usually second Sunday of every month, 3.30 p.m. right here on YouTube. You can be like the folks in the chat who are just cracking us up. And we just have a really, really cool chat community when we do these on YouTube. So shout out to all those folks in the chat that made this episode real fun and real special. And we miss you, Delvin. Happy birthday, Delvin. Happy birthday, Delvin. Yeah, happy birthday, Delvin. With that, let me just say thank you all for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Longbox Crusade. As always, questions, comments, contact longboxcrusade.com is our email. And we are on all the social medias at Longbox Crusade, which includes YouTube. We're having a lot of fun here. Until next time, take care. And please join us for the next episode as we continue on our crusade to read them all. The intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Whether we're game boarding or whether we're recording, we're doing it live. Doing it live. Uh, uh, uh. Would you guys do me the kindness of putting your punk butts on mute? Yeah, I got to know what a Lord of the Rings virtual walk challenge. What does that entail? I think you get like um, like sweet and sour chicken and fried rice. You put them in a big, that's the big pan, the walk challenge, right? 
and you mm. fry it all up in the with onions. Fry up, fry up some uh, some yeah. hobbits. See how I use the alternate uh, definition. Hobbits taste good. This is my clever bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry, I late. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Hold on. There, shut that dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got to do it so long. Smooth over it like butter, like a criminal undercover. That's my BTS. You know who BTS is? Smooth like butter, like criminal undercover. Okay, never mind. Anyway, as a reminder, you can come. Bachman Turner Sober Drive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find me on the internet. It, 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 internet. You get away. I am my own beatbox now. <laughs> Delvin's here. He's here right here. Hey, it's me. <laughs> it's me, Jerry. I got a question. I've been a part of the Lombox group. <laughs> I'm cutting you off. Relax. Cutting you off. <laughs> Are we live? I've been playing homescapes. <laughs>